Hello and welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of The Mandalorian, <laughs> Season 3, Episode 1. I'm joking. The Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 5, Return of the Mandalorian. Written by John Favreau, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. I gave this episode a 9 out of 10, despite the fact that this was very much a Mandalorian episode with maybe a few sprinkles of what's going on with the book of boba fett but to be fair uh boba kind of hijacked his show last season so um i didn't have a problem with this <laughs> i'm sure some people would be like what the fuck but hey hey boba showed up episode five and i think we watched him <laughs> <laughs> we watched him backdoor pilot his whole entire series at the back end of mando so it is only fair and i'm really not complaining before we jump into the recap remember to like share and subscribe drop me a few stars on on itunes rate the podcast i very much appreciate it uh we begin in a meat shop and in steps my baby boo mandalorian din jaren sexy motherfucker of the year number one dad <laughs> i think i've given him a lot of titles but bay is where i'm gonna leave it Y'all, I started singing some Aaron Hall in my head. I miss you. <laughs> I'm talking to you. <laughs> I swear that song came on in my head when I saw him first get on the scene. He's just, he's my everything. I love Bando. He's here for the bounty though on Kaba Biaz, who really acting like he don't know what you look like. I don't know about him how you know he here um let me bring out my tracking device that points right at your ass well you know if i see him i give him this message ain't that your face his folks do not take the memo whatsoever and as a result to not just mind your business they get fucked up with the dark saber he still has but hasn't gotten really proficient with yet and i want to see that journey that also means he gonna be meeting up with Bo-Katan at some point because she gonna want her shit back. He straight up sliced that dude in half. Gotcha, bitch. I loved everything about that scene. I loved its violence. I love that he chopped off his head and we only just saw the saber, but we could see it happening. He did say, you know, let's discuss our options. He said, warmer code, those are the options you got a group of goons await but he tells them what's up and that there's credits if you let me pass and thus he escapes unscathed if not unharmed love the aesthetic of the populated metropolitan area of the galaxy the new republic as we've rather seen the wild wild west version of star wars very often and we don't get a lot of this bourgeois type of <laughs> scenes i even like the way they have the i don't even know it's on a loop or something the way the whole city is 
he brings his bounty to a table of bourgeois who want him to relax and have a meal after giving him his reward but he is most interested in getting information on an access shaft to the substrata he declines an additional job and he said you can keep your money i'm like nah 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 i did work and my leg is fucked up you gonna hand over that cash and heads for the event where someone has left symbols for the mandalorians it's where he finds paz vizla and the armorer and it's only three of them now she was meditating just looking out at the stars he apologizes and thanks paz for his sacrifice on navara as the man attends his wounds he reveals the dark saber caused him to get said wound the empire is only 30 years old i don't know all the history of star wars one day i might get all into it but currently still not there but the mandalorians have been around for 10,000 years she explains the significance of the dark saber as whoever wields it if it was one in combat can rule all of mandalore but if it falls in the wrong hands it will spell doom it was made by another pizla or the house of pizla or wielded at first by another pizla that was both jedi and mandalorian that's interesting i feel as if that might be uh, our little grogu's fate Paz has a look staring at that blade. Now that he has completed his mission, he is free to rejoin the convert and help rebuild as this is the way. Paz asks That's a weird thing to say back. Paz 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 asks how he attained the weapon and he remarks he defeated moff gideon but did not kill him however the new republic has him and he believes he will be executed for his crimes which means he'll be back sometime soon to wreck your fucking life because i understand in like the marvel universe or even if it's the flash i don't supposedly kill my enemies you kill your enemies so i don't understand why you just didn't murk this motherfucker he deserved it too he hurt baby grogu and the other two kind of feel the same saying that he has committed a lot of atrocities against us and you didn't kill him while she believes mando wielding the dark saber is a noble weapon she doesn't like the beskar uh spear because their beskar is not supposed to be forged into weapons only meant to be armor and since that spear can pierce their armor it is a danger against them and thus she wants to melt this shit down interestingly she confirms bo-katan was indeed of noble blood and did wield the weapon but it was gifted and not won by the creed and thus she feels their story ended in tragedy while their story ended in tragedy it is because they lost their way their set the the ones that don't remove their helmets was secluded during the great purge otherwise they would have been lost as well this all feels like a civil war is is on the horizon with all of this backstory for mandalorian and i think that's where we may go season three of mandalorian i'm here for it 
Because I don't think that bo claim to her throne or wanting to rule Mandalore, like that whole sect of Mandalorians, I don't feel like they're wrong. It's, it's not her fault. She was gifted it and they don't acknowledge a gift <laughs> as the real Mandalore. Like you're a little bit more intensified in it and it does seem to stand for something. But they also are rather harsh. We find out a little bit later if you make one fucking mistake they're like uh well you're not part of us anymore and you need to go baptize yourself in some waters that no longer exist there doesn't seem to be an open for democracy here and that's where i'm kind of like well you can still have the way without needing to live underground and and all this but i understand her perspective as well like this is our original intent this is how we should have been and maybe if we had stuck to that we wouldn't have opened ourselves to the things that happened after that so i get both sides of it so that's a good conflict to have we see a quick flashback to the night of the night of a thousand tears i like the the bombs going away and things exploding that makes me happy (laughs) not because it happened but because it's cinematic uh space born maintaining the way she believes spared them uh is is her mindset but adhering to it will eventually lead them to returning to their home world the armorer asks mando what she should make with the beskar spear because he gives it up immediately no question asked the minute she says that that's not really something we should have uh he says make something for a foundling a specific foundling his name is grogu and i've adopted him because he's my son and he will be part of the mandalorians because now i just found out we can have both he misses him and intends to see him and make sure he is okay what did she wrap up for him we will find out season three of the mandalorian training time he is fighting against the blade and not his opponent which causes the dark saber to get heavier i don't know why i went through an array of emotions when he fell off i laughed then i was like oh shit he just fell off in the space and i freaked out before realizing he had a jetpack and then i was relieved his body is strong but his mind is distracted this is almost like a uh yeah there is something to be said about the fact that the dark saber while the handle is beskar it clearly is a uh lightsaber right so those are only used for jedi so i'm gonna love seeing the crossover between the two because they're both going to be learning some new skills i did like her line persistence without insight will lead to the same outcome Woo! tell me about that paz challenges mando to a duel as his house was the one that forged the sword the dark saber so he thinks that it belongs to him the two tussle and fight but mando ultimately wins and is stopped by the armorer from killing paz who asks if he ever removed his helmet who is asked he says no and this is the way but then mando's asked have you ever removed your helmet and he's like fuck forgot all about that shit he admits he did to save grogu but now he is no longer mandalore just like that he can only be redeemed through the waters underneath the lakes of mandalore 
and they no longer exist so that's all they gotta say to him i was like damn that's it that's all he just grabbed his shit at least they didn't make him give up his stuff like give up the best car give me back the dark sword you can't have any of this but i guess because there is a way for him to redeem himself that's gonna be his journey he gonna have to he gonna have to go back to mandalore he's gonna have to be involved in reclaiming his home world because that's the only way he's gonna be able to rejoin his creed but it also frees him a little bit by no longer making him a mandalorian in that part of you know part of that sect he's now able to become another mandalore like Bo-Katan where we might be able to see Pedro Pascal's beautiful face more often than we do to take a commercial flight in space you still need to remove your weapons <laughs> he's like I'm a Mandalorian weapons is my religion if you would like to bring this up with my manager I'd be more than happy to get you on a flight tomorrow but the rules are the rules <laughs> he is on his way to Tatooine when he is on the flight this kid tries to play with him and he's so cute but he misses his son he rescues the mechanic whose name i always forget from a womp rat and while she's not my favorite character she's kind of grown on me as a character which is kind of odd uh she sent him a message that she has a ship to replace the razor crest except it's not a razor crest as he was expecting I did laugh when she looked at the droids and said, Hey, it's Mando. That ship looked like a piece of shit. And then I was like, we know the Razor Crest was their home. This ain't a home. This is a shit. But I guess that's where we're going. Uh, it also needs to be fixed. And he's going to need to fix it himself. <laughs> but it is pre-Empire. It's fast. It's off the grid. It has original parts. And it was built by the queen in Naboo. Uh, she has a deal with the Jawas. That they, she gives them a list. And they come back with a part. And in exchange, she lets them go through her trash. He at least paid them. She's like, you're making me look bad. She also dated a Jawa. She does need to work on herself. Talking about they furry. I don't need to know that. <laughs> so Mando gives them a wish list. And they showed up with it. They really did. They will carjack anybody. <laughs> Space Jack is what the right word is. They just straight up. Uh, they make it a living for them. I love the Jawa so much. They began fixing the ship. And because the show needs to tie itself back to uh, Boba Fett in some capacity. Since we ain't seen or heard of him. From from the get-go of this episode it's like 45 minutes in he still ain't popped up but the pikes are taking over for the worst they are untouchable by law enforcement we get a lot of space porn when he takes it out for a ride he then gets pulled over by the police again he stay on the wrong side of the law all the time with the new republic like um was i doing something wrong yeah you speeding like a motherfucker next to a commercial flight (laughs) 
But they ain't concerned about his pings because the other guy's the one we keep seeing and know something's going on said, uh, I'd like to ask you some questions. And then he dipped. <laughs> it's like, your voice is familiar. <laughs> and I just watch him run off. It didn't say he was going to Mo- Moss Isley, so I think they might could find him if they really wanted to. <laughs> But I don't think they do. He's like, uh, should we report this? You want to go fill out some fucking paperwork? Go do that. Okay? Because ain't nobody trying to do that. <laughs> that dude eventually is going. He's like, look, I need answers. Somebody got to give me something. Finnick shows up to pay him to be muscle for Boba Fett. But hearing that it's Boba Fett that needs help, he's like, it's on the house. But first, he needs to visit a friend. that was the episode i really enjoyed it um it was a nice detour i like that the shows and maybe that can be a little bit of a because i know ashoka is another show coming out that you know these can be more intertwined in their universe than than the other star wars because i feel like you gotta go through so much to get through that but this you can kind of just dip your toe in and and it opens up questions that you can go find other answers for if you want to get into the rabbit hole but you don't have to and this is just a nice world building crossover type of episode that i was a fan of if you want to send feedback for our next episode of boba fett blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.